0: Good day, St. Columbus. This is a piece I wrote back in 2014 about walking dogs, back when that was just an incidental sideline activity and not the main event of the day as it is now during COVID. Here it is, the dog park. Here's what it takes to walk Barney in January. For me, two pairs of socks, tights, corduroy pants, a turtleneck, a sweater, a muffler, my husband's long, loadin' coat with a hood, gloves, and an old-fashioned black velvet muff, two plastic poop bags, electronic signal sender, and a ball. For Barney, electronic receiver collar, gentle leader collar, and leash. Once all of this is in place, we head out into the freezing afternoon for at least an hour, Barney running eagerly ahead while I steel myself for the two-mile route, hoping for mild winds. Fort Reno Park is the afternoon venue, about a 20 minute walk each way. At the Alice Deal School playing fields, Barney is released into blissful abandon and races off at top speed across the snow or through the brown leaves. We work our way around the school to the wooded hill in front. Here is squirrel territory, and running dog turns into hunting dog, standing stock still, watching for a glint of movement, a rustle in the leaves, and he's off. Head high at full gallop in great sweeping circles, he covers the hillside, never catching a squirrel, following his primal instincts. I feel intense pleasure as I watch this little brown and white dog racing across the landscape, circling back to me and off again for another round. We reach the vast hillside with a broad plateau in the center where the owners of the dogs gather, often as many as 15 dogs between 4 and 5.30 p.m. We see Patrick, who lives next door, a black and white border collie, Barney's oldest friend. We see Artie, a copper colored prancer, some rare duck hunting breed, who brings a quick, edgy enthusiasm to all the best scuffles. Aphrodite, the queen, is there, majestic and aloof in her silver Siberian husky beauty, while her aging sister Zelda creeps around, almost blind, but loyal to the owner beyond reason. Huck, A giant black-and-white standard poodle bounds about, a good-willed, long-legged puppy, always ready for a chase. And there is Chance, and Casper, and Dakota, and Goomba, and Ruby Pearl, and Max. These are the names you get to know first. The owners are just appendages when you first start coming to the dog park. But then, over time, you begin to know the people, and you become a part of the unique social grouping that a dog park is. These are not intimate friendships at first by any means. Often we don't even know last names or where each one lives exactly. Often our talk is solely of dogs and weather, the two things we all have in common. But we see each other, many of us, every single day for at least a half an hour. And so we do come to know what children we have, our spouse's names, the work we do or did, We review restaurants and movies avidly, again, safe territory, not too intimate, and we all live near the same places. We touch on politics or religion, but gingerly, not too sure where people are on these issues, and sometimes this leads to blunders, like the disparaging comments I made one day to a woman about a certain politician, only to learn that her husband was his top advisor. I imagined her silence as my faux pas dawned on me as a stinging reproach. Perhaps it's really better to stick to weather and dogs. But then we learn of someone's very bad diagnosis or upcoming scary surgery or the loss of a dear one. And we realize that we care about each other and have been drawn into each other's lives unexpectedly, simply because we come to the park. I walk up to the group, clustered among frolicking, grappling dogs. Hi, Biff. How are the steaks Kathy cooked last night? They were fabulous. Our sons devoured them. How was your dinner party? I greet Mary, who is indignant because someone complained about her dogs barking. But isn't that what dogs do? On different days, different people hold forth. We are all exports at something or other. Maggie is a savvy critic, cautioning us on various perils to our gardens, our health, or on the general behavior of most people these days. She knows how to garden better than anyone and brings us all perfectly ripe tomatoes and lettuce in the summer and beautiful, big sweet potatoes in the fall. Maggie knows about raising dogs and cooking fresh food for them and the best gloves for the dog park and how to find the absolutely best bargains online or at Costco. But I also learned that she has some concerns about her grown son and family and is heading off to Boston to make sure all is well. And Sally is worried about her upcoming knee replacement surgery. And Lucky Carol has chosen this week of sub-freezing weather to lie on the beach at Nevis. Edith's tall, handsome son is interested in drama, but applying to Harvard. Elizabeth's grown daughter is visiting and hates movies, keeping Elizabeth from seeing all the Oscar nominees, about which we vigorously compare opinions. American Hustle, great. Inside Lewin Davis, not so much. Remember, this is 2014. And Biff's son's classmate was one of the three Americans killed in the restaurant bombing in Kabul that year. A scathing shock to a whole community of young people who have grown up around here affluent and insulated from war's aching wounds. There has been a memorial service just for the young people, full of tears and unbelief that this could happen to one of their own, one who went to school just blocks from here, one who rode crew and hung out in the family rec room. Most days, three or four of us trudge toward home together in the fading, freezing light, often with a pink and gold sunset behind us against the gray sky. The dogs continue their running and sniffing and playing. Our own conversations wind down as we return to the rest of our lives. And so we weather the seasons of these parks and their canine and human communities. They are necessary for our dogs perhaps even more so for us. Thanks.